Hello there and you're very welcome to Team Limerick Cleanup Talks 2, episode 3. It's amazing to think we're already in episode 3 and the clock is ticking fast now until we reach Good Friday the 7th of April as part of this wonderful initiative that was founded in 2015 and has since gone on to become Ireland's biggest clean-up event. This podcast is a super way of showcasing the TLC people. And all our guests are going to be TLC veterans that have played pivotal roles in making this initiative what it is today. So I hope you'll enjoy. We've got some fantastic guests lined up in episode three. In this episode, I had the opportunity to chat with someone who was recently named the 39th Mokran Affirma president. Elaine Houlihan is no stranger to the Mokra groups around the country and she served as Munster vice president within Mokra. And she'll be declared as president-elect on April 5th, taking the position over from John Keane. So let's have a listen to what Elaine had to say. Hello, Elaine, and you're very welcome to the studio. Where did you grow up? Um, I'm from a small village called Atlaca in County Limerick. Um, I suppose I grew up there all my life. Um, I moved abroad for college, but I'm back in Ireland now again, so... And what did you study when you went abroad? I'm a physiotherapist, so I studied physio in the Netherlands. And let me guess... Farming background when you grew up, were you? I was indeed. What was it like growing up on a farm? I suppose it's kind of hard to describe because when I compare to my cousins that live inside here in the city, we kind of had different upbringings. Like myself and my brother were literally running around fields growing up where neighbours were a good distance away from you while... I see my cousins that like grew up kind of in estates and like literally they were able to walk out their door and their friends were just there. For us, we, I think our closest neighbour was nearly a kilometre away. When we look at community, because TLC, we, we touch on the community aspect. I mean, rural, we always think of people living in one-off houses in the middle of nowhere, as you've described. But the community is huge out in those parts of the county, isn't it? Oh, it's absolutely massive. Like, And I think people forget rural communities pull together in times of need. And that's a huge thing, especially in our small village of Atlaca. No matter what this is, you know that you could get a carload of people to go anywhere with you or help you with any task throughout the day. That's just the joys of a rural community. Yeah. And when you were a young girl, when you were thinking of being the grown-up, was farming something you were probably, was, was it being pushed on you or did, had you dreams and ambitions to do other things? I suppose my parents never really pushed any career on on both myself or my brother. We do come from a farming background, but we also have an agricultural engineering company. So growing up, I actually wanted in fifth year, I wanted to go to Dublin and study ag. And then all of a sudden I kind of had that moment of realisation. I was like, maybe that's not for me. I want to do something more kind of hands on. And then I was like, I went away, did work placement in a hospital in actually radiography. Wasn't for me. <laughs> I even looked down the route of engineering. Wasn't for me. And then I just fell in love with physio. And that's kind of where I ended up. Yeah, where did the physio thing come from? Were you sporty? Um, I wasn't overly sporty growing up. I was actually into horse riding. But I suppose it was kind of the whole idea of helping people. I love because that's, I suppose... Charity work has kind of instilled in me since a very young age. Growing up, my grandmother always said, if you have something to give back, do so. So that's kind of the way I've grown up. And then when I saw physios, how much they can help people and the joy they give people, like from getting them back from, we'll say, not being able to walk properly to being able to walk properly or going back to any activity. That's something I love. And it's gas. I'm actually working mostly with GA teams now. Really? Yeah. I'm really with... um, I suppose this is a hard thing for a Limerick person to say, but I'm actually helping Kilkenny come over a lot. 
But you enjoy it. And when you went to college, remind me where you went? Um, the Netherlands. Now, what was it like? You studied in what? Do you, I presume it was in an urban centre. Um, I actually studied, uh, well, say, any place outside Amsterdam is only an hour away, really, because yeah. it's such a small country. I studied in a place called Inskede, which was on the German border. Um, it was it was a big town as such. Um, it did have a rural side too, but obviously we were inside in the town. It was a massive culture shock for any Irish person. And I suppose for me, coming from such a small village, going into a town, there was just hustle and bustle the whole time. I didn't know what I was doing. And I suppose the massive culture shock too was the bikes everywhere. And that's an interesting one. We might come back to that later on when we're talking in the environmental yeah. side because you saw a place where it actually is in action. People using bikes and maybe not using the car as much. Yeah, exactly. Like, and I can tell you something, I have a lot of experience in cycling <laughs> bikes now at the moment. Did you, um, did you miss home when you were at college? I did and I didn't. The first day leaving Dublin Airport, leaving my parents, was kind of that moment where I was like, oh no, have I made a wrong decision? But then in my mind, when I got over there, and got into college, I was like, no, I'm doing what I love. I'm doing this for myself. I kind of just fell in love with the place. The Netherlands is like my second home. It used to kill my mother. I used to come home um, from college and I used to always go to mum and go, Jesus, I can't wait till I go back home. <laughs> and she's like, you are home. And I was like, no, the Netherlands. Like, It was. It just became my second home. And travel is just a huge part as well for me because I've been to India as well. So, so the whole getting out of Athlaca for a while, it opened up your eyes to, to a bigger world, but, but at heart, really, Athlaca is where... Yeah, 100%. Like, uh, I suppose I always end up back in Athlaca. I'm like one of those people that I'm living below in Kilkenny, but I spend more time in Athlaca. Any day I'm off, I'm back home. Um, I'm just one of those people that kind of always levitate home, but I'm not really a home bird as such, because I could go away for three months and not be home, you know? Now, you just recently were named the 39th Makra Nefirma president. And I'll have to be honest, I'm a bit of an urban guy. I'm not very, there's not much rural in me. Makra Nefirma, explain to idiots like me what it is. I suppose Makra is a rural youth organisation for people between 17 and 35. Now, everybody does say it's just for farmers. It isn't. We actually have more non-farming than farming members at the moment. It is providing a social aspect for people in the age bracket of 17 to 35. We have competitions, we have different initiatives, we even have mental health initiatives going at the moment. We do charity work. Do you know what? There's loads to offer in Makra, but I think it's just the people just always assume it's just the farmers. But it isn't. There's more non-farmers in my own club of Kamaluk than farmers. <laughs> And, you know, at Makra meetings and at the very... Because, I mean, I presume it's a bit like the GA. You have Makra clubs in various parts of the yeah. country. I mean, what happens at those meetings and when people gather? Is it all social or is there work to be done too? No, it, there is work to be done, but it is mostly social. Like here in Limerick, we have nearly seven clubs, which is massive. Like, But each club kind of has their own interests. Like my own club in Kamalak, we're probably a very social club. And to tell you the truth, for the last two years, we've actually been named um, Club of the Year. So that's the best club in Ireland throughout Makra and we're literally solely just for the social outlet we will do what we need to do we will run our charity tractor runs we will come in and help the community in any shape way or form we can but it is really reconnecting people like I went to school with people there in my club that I would have never really talked to and now we're best friends 
When I, a couple of years ago, I remember reading something about the whole concept of isolation for farmers, in particular when you see older farmers who maybe were bachelor farmers and they were living on the side of hills and maybe not, you know, maybe their Friday night pint was then the time that they got out. Is that concept of being being a lonely farmer, does it exist or is, is that what the likes of Mokra is about trying to address? Currently, we're trying to combat the whole side of rural isolation because COVID really highlights it. And I think that's how COVID highlights it for the whole nation. As we even saw on post was like the main person for people in certain um, areas throughout Ireland, the main contact point. For us, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to provide this social outlet for young people so they don't see farming as being an isolating um, job, which it isn't. There is elements that you can get off the farm. There is help there. And it's just people to realise that you can get help and go out and have a life at the same time. You don't have to be tied to a farm like the generations beyond, like, um, the generations behind us were but like times have changed practices have changed it's now adapting uh, how would you pitch rural living or you know country living in Ireland to someone who is an urbanist or someone who's used to the big buildings and the cars coming up and down the streets and the chaos what would you say in a couple of sentences to say you know this might be a better option for you the big thing for me is they need to try it it is it's it's completely different. Like as a person that has gone from rural to urban, I can tell you coming back to rural was the best thing ever. It's just the quietness. You have time to yourself. The hustle and bustle isn't there, but you have everything you need. Fine. Your shop might be five kilometres away that you might have to drive to. But look, it's not the end of the world. You're having a better quality of life out in a rural area. Did I hear a story of Makra? People finding love in Makra. Was there a story around Valentine's Day where... <laughs> people who joined the Mocker actually ended up marrying each other a couple of months later. Yeah, I think it was um, a few presidents back, one of our president's courses, Mocker is the new Tinder for farmers. <laughs> um, he's not wrong, he's not wrong. There's a lot of Mocker couples and to tell you the truth, I'm actually considered a Mocker baby because both my parents met in Mocker. <laughs> so yeah, people do see Mocker as that kind of side of things so as ditch, well. So ditch the apps and just go out and just join a Mocker. Yeah, come to a social event, see what's going to happen. Do you know what? That might be something. I'm going to take a note of this one. Um, listen, Team Limerick Clean Up, um, tell me your involvement and when you first came to be aware of it and, and what you've done down through the years since we first started. I suppose the Team Limerick Clean Up was something that when it first started in our in our community of Atlaca, everybody was kind of intrigued going, what is this? Do you know, nobody didn't know a lot. And I remember going out on the day of the clean up and seeing, do you know, the signs up going, a clean up in progress and everybody in high vis jacket. So I turned around to one of the neighbours, I was like, what's happening? And they were like, the team limber clean up. And I was like, all right, so hand me a high vis jacket. And sure, ever since then, I'm stuck doing it every year now. And it is a big part of the, 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 the rural communities really buy into it, don't they, through the various clubs that exist. And it's a huge, we think of litter, I always think of it as it's a city thing, but it's, it's, quite, a, it's quite a scourge in the county too. Yeah, it's a big enough problem in um, rural areas in Ireland, unfortunately. There's one thing that I don't understand and I don't think I'll ever understand. If you get something like, we'll say, a takeaway, you can take it back to your house and put it in the bin. You don't have to throw it out the window. Mm. An extra five minutes in your car isn't going to kill you with that bag. And I think that's the one thing that's the big thing in rural Ireland is nearly coffee cups was a big thing for us picking up in Atlaca. And that's people who are driving down the road and just decide to finish my coffee now and I'll throw it out the window. Yeah, it's not going to kill you to sit in the car for another two, three minutes. Yeah. You know? 
Um, the last episode I chatted with Louise Cancelin and she's somebody who's been a real advocate for the Irish language and that was something that when I was going to school the Irish language was being seen as you know something that was dying as was at the time I remember there was a lot of talk around young farmers and young farmers deciding do you know what I'm going to leave and I'm going to move on are people coming back to farming now and are people realising that you know there's new ways of farming that are quite interesting yeah, certainly there is people coming back and I suppose, look, unfortunately in the statistics there's only 6% young farmers. It is hard to secure land here in Ireland. Um, we're working quite hard with generation renewal and land mobility to get, we'll get, get land transferred to the younger generation so we can keep going. That's the big thing. But you still are passionate. You wouldn't turn into the urban person. No. I am going to be rural all the way through and... I suppose that's something I'm extremely proud of as well as being from a rural community. I I can't even point towards even the sense of pride in the rural community and I think that's that's one of the things too with the TLC cleanup is the sense of pride and our communities like it's just mad. I think people don't understand until they actually move out or even come to an event that's on in a rural community and actually see oh god they all know one another. Do you know, there isn't many people that move into a community, a small place, that don't, that the whole community doesn't know. Nigel's after moving to Atlaka. Do you know, <laughs> it goes around like... And just on that, is there that thing of when people move in, if, if I was to move to Atlaka, would I always be treated as the outsider and the odd fella who's come in from, he's come up from the big smoke and, or is there a welcoming, to, or is there always going to be that little bit? Of, of course, there's a massive welcoming, but sure, we have to be a bit odd too, like <laughs> if you walked into the pub, we'd have to put you through, do you know, the mill to see, can you fit in, do you know? But no, no, honestly, there is a great welcome to anybody coming out to rural communities. And finally, just let's go back to Team Limerick Cleanup. And from your perspective, what happens this year? I mean, you'll be all signing up. You'll be out doing your bit. And how important is it for others to also sign up and to take part? It's so important for people to get behind us. Like, look at our environment. Like, it's literally inside here in the studio. This is currently your work environment. Outside is the environment for animals and for us as well. We need to do our part picking up a bit of litter and I think it's too, it's the education around we don't need to throw stuff out the window either. Remind me drunk. from your perspective, the litter, the effect that litter can have on animals and wildlife. It's actually scary how much um, it can have a negative impact on the wildlife and animals. Like, I remember, I remember one day, unfortunately, I'm big into photography too and my drone flew away on me. A bit ironic now that my drone <laughs> flew away on me. But the mad panic to try to find it because of the asses in the batteries. If an animal went near it. Mm. That's all that was going through our head from coming from a farming background. But as well, like, look, people, I think people don't realise how much we need our environment. Think of how even our oxygen, like, the air is cleaned. Like, just down to that, people just don't understand. And if we keep going out and throwing stuff on the side of roads and into fields, or even worse, letting stuff at gateways, like, it's not helping anybody. We have services here in Ireland. We have bin collection. It's not like we're anywhere else. It's not rocket science. Yeah, yeah. it's not rocket science. Just use us. And I think it's something, too, that we instill on the young people is reduce, reuse, recycle. That's a big thing, too, that people just need to get back into their minds and start doing it. Well, listen, Elaine, we've, this chat has flown. Thank you for so much for joining us on the Team Limerick Cleanup Talks to podcast. And it's been wonderful to meet you. I am going to ditch my phone. I might join one of the Mokra meetings purely for that Tinder effect and see what happens. You might and as well. <laughs> listen, thank you so much. And the best of luck on, on, Team Lim- on Team Limerick Cleanup on Good Friday. And the best of luck with your career and for your year as president of Mokra. Thank you, Nigel. Thanks for having me. 
And that, of course, was Elaine Houlihan, who is recently announced as the 39th Mochran Affirmative President, and I wish her well over her year. And that chat really flew, a real bubbly character, and I wish her the very best as a physiotherapist and, and in everything else she's going to be doing within Mokra and the farming world. Every week we focus on some of our volunteers as well in this podcast and, and some of the many people who have taken part in Team Limerick Cleanup down through the years. And some of the most important people within the Team Limerick Cleanup community are, of course, the young people. The people for whom so many environmental issues actually mean something to today because it's their future. It's their future that will be affected. A couple of weeks ago I popped into the lads in Colosh de Vahil on Sexton Street. We sat down in a roundtable discussion to have a look at the issues that they see as affecting them and also to get their thoughts about what Team Limerick cleanup means both to themselves as individuals and to Limerick as a whole. Okay, so guys, when it comes to the environment, what really concerns you at the moment? My children won't have a place to live in the future if the planet's uninhabitable. I want my kids to go around like playing the parks and all that. Like I want to have nice parks, clean places where they can run around the street without no trash. What sort of issues do you think, or what could we do to start addressing things like that? Have more bins local, implement like an incentive having, like, in my country, Laftia, we have, uh, like, these machines where if you insert a plastic bottle, you'll get 10 cents back. We should try to introduce something like that here in Ireland. I think we're a bit just lack of technology or just lack of incentive here in Ireland. Because most of Europe have these machines that will like give you change back. Do you worry about the future? Of course, everyone does. You know, like it's about our future generations. We have to, and uh, we have to, you know, make it easy for them, for our children, our grandchildren. So, like, of all of the issues, guys, like that are out there in terms of climate change or environment, like what are the key ones that stand out for you? Uh, the rising sea levels and the melting of ice caps. It's estimated. I don't know what year, but uh, Netherlands is going to get very flooded. We're a city where our river Shannon runs right through the heart of the city. I mean, what do you think could happen in Limerick? More floods and destruction of houses, land, and maybe tearing families apart. You're saying that people, migration, that people have to move once once flooding happens? Yeah, like mass immigration to other cities, maybe not enough accommodation in other cities. Like They just have a flow of other immigrants from the city that's getting flooded. Like What aspects of Limerick do you think you could say, I think that's great? Um, so obviously tourist attractions um, is a big one for Limerick. So obviously, like anyone around Ireland, like I feel like Limerick would, when it comes to tourist attractions, I feel Limerick would be one of the top places like we have places like Toma Park the Gaelic grounds we have nice museums nice parks we have we do have a lot that will help provide the community in Limerick what about yourself well I came from India about four years ago and ever since I came here the people instantly welcomed me they were nice and kind and the history of the city is magnificent the Vikings the castles everything is wonderful and the buildings are really good to see. When it comes to Limerick, I think a big thing, like not only does it affect the environment, but it also affects the people um, in Limerick. Even uh, the next generation coming on would be shops selling disposable vapes to underage people, to underage children. Um, Not only does it affect the younger generation, but also the litter from those disposable vapes are now flooding the city as well. I feel like if there was more incentive for businesses to come down to Limerick rather than Dublin, it would be good because... 
people need like jobs and it would probably help decrease homelessness and other derelict parts of the city. Not only does TLC help um, clean the community, it also helps it helps bring the community together as one. Any thoughts on TLC? Um, also, TS, TLC will be a bridge to the future, to be a better future, I'll say. Uh, I think TLC helps promote pride in the city by um, making it look nicer so more people have incentive to come here. I think it's a great thing because it encourages people to get up and do something about litter problems in the city. I feel TLC as an organisation helps bridge people with nature and the surroundings and, which, uh, and people feel a sense of pride within themselves. And my thanks to the guys at Colosh de Vigil on Sexton Street who took an afternoon to sit with me and give me those insights into what Team Limerick Cleanup means to them, but also those environmental issues and some of their solutions to what the future might hold for them. And it was really lovely to meet them and their teachers, a fantastic school that's based right in the heart of Limerick City Centre and a school that Mr J.P. McManus attended himself. And maybe, just maybe, we were talking there to some of the great leaders of Irish society going forward. What is always wonderful to see as part of Team Limerick Cleanup are the efforts that are made in the various regeneration communities located across Limerick City on Good Friday every year. These communities that have done so much work over the last 15 years to really transform their areas. And one area that has particularly seen a revival over the recent years is that of Moiross. And I visited Moiross recently and got to have an understanding about what's changed out there. And there's so much happening. There's so much development. There's so much building. It feels like a real community that's changing. So I had a chat with Tracy McGilligot of Moiross Residence Forum. And we had a little chat about what Team Limerick Cleanup means to the people on the ground in communities like Moiross. So Tracy, talk to me about the community of Moiross. We're outside the community hub, a fabulous new building here. Watching Moiross from the outside, there seems to be a renewed feeling of positivity and a sense of we can do it well in Moiross at the moment. Um, yes, there is, and we, they can because they're they're an amazing community and a strong community and very resilient. And I think they show that when they build our road campaign, because that's a catalyst now to open up my Ross so that is um, access to uh, the new Coonanachlachine Road, and it's not a cul-de-sac anymore. And so that's what it gives to the residents of my Ross. And you can see from all the new developments here. Uh, the community park, the upgrading to the facilities in the all-weather pitch. There's just an amazing work going on here in Myros. And there's people crying out for homes, and we have over 100 homes now at the moment um, in development here in Myros. So taking TLC back into the equation, it, what role do you play in TLC um, on Good Friday? Um, I'm just a, a coordinator. I coordinate TLC here in my Ross and we've done it now. This is our eighth year. But it's an absolutely wonderful opportunity for family, friends, neighbours uh, and community groups to come out and join groups all over the city county in supporting each other in just coming out to clean up their area for one day. And now we do it over uh, many days over the year. We have our own cleanups. But this is one day where everybody comes together and joins in and it's amazing. It's really a wonderful um, experience here because it's uh, it's fun. The kids love it. They love the hives. They love the pickers. And it's a, the, the very simple concept of the tea and coffee afterwards and the gathering is very important. And that's really good. And I think, you know, uh, we have to thank J.P. McManus and uh, Paula Connell, Helen O'Donnell, for the, the concept and the vision and to create that, but also to develop it over the years because it's in its eighth year now and it's growing. 
It really is. It's amazing the amount of people. And it's at a standard thing for the rest of the country. That, you know, if we can do this here in Limerick, it can be done anywhere. Is there hope here in Myros now? It wasn't probably as hopeful 15 years ago, but is there, it does feel like a community that's on the rise. There is, and there was always hope in Myros. You know, the residents here, as I said, were always very resilient and strong. They're an amazing community. And there is hope now because we can see, as you said, the Conan Road. There's all the new homes being developed. The facilities here are just incredible. And it, that's what it gives. The facilities you have here in Myros would serve as a village, a whole village. So tell me just some of the things that you're planning on Good Friday for this year. Well, we'll have the gathering. We will have the, there's a 12 parks here in Myros. So we'll have groups out in the 12 parks. And then they will all come back and they will come in here to the community enterprise or the enterprise centre, the community hub. And we will have our tea and coffee here in the gathering and the children all get Easter eggs. We give every child, which is very important, an Easter egg um, on the day. Our, uh, and, and they love it. They absolutely love it. That was Tracy McGalligot from Moiross Residence Forum and my thanks to Tracy for giving me a tour of all the work that's done out there and giving me my insight into what Moiross has been doing. It really is wonderful to see the change that's happening in that community particularly. Look, so that's it for Team Limerick Cleanup Talks to Episode 3. I hope you've enjoyed the guests that we brought you in this episode and as I said before, all our podcasts are available on the various iTunes, Spotify, all the various platforms and on the Live 90 website as well and on Acast if you want to use that portal online. I hope that all the guests that we're bringing you are giving you an understanding and an insight into what Team Limerick Cleanup is about and really we're capturing their voices for posterity aren't we? We're telling their stories and getting an insight into what we're doing here in Limerick City and County to make it a beacon in the Irish context of 2023. So I'll be back with you in about a week's time where we'll have some more interesting guests for our fourth and final episode of the podcast. Thank you all so much for joining me and I'll talk to you next time.